This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Morning Skate. This is episode 119. Big podcast coming at you. You got Ked here. Dale, say what up. What's up? Where can we find you? In the analytics section of your podcast. Thank you, buddy. And we have Will Critcher here. This is kind of, this is a big podcast for me because of one of two things. One, you're a hockey guy, and I appreciate that. But two, you're also marketing guy for Death Wish Coffee. If you guys don't know Death Wish Coffee, you're living under a rock. You need to figure your shit out. So, Will, thanks for hopping on, dude. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Although, I am pretty excited. You said this is episode 119? 119. That's right, 19. Joe Thornton. <laughs> Jumbo Joe, let's go. Actually, we'll get into him a little bit later because I saw a report. I don't know if he's going to be in San Jose. I was just talking to a friend of mine about that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, Like I said, you're marketing for Death Wish Coffee. I think if you guys are listening to this podcast and you're above the age of like 16, you guys drink coffee. It's just kind of like the way of life. I listened to a podcast that you were on earlier. You said that this is the second people drink water and they drink coffee. Those are like the two things, right? Yeah. It's the second most consumed non-alcoholic beverage. So we're right behind tea. Uh, outside of water, okay. excluding water, yep, yep. All right. So outside of, yeah, so I think in the continental U.S., we're, it's probably the number two. It's probably the same. Yeah, I think it's the same. So, yeah, uh, Death Wish Coffee, uh, I would disagree with you. If you're not over the age of 16, I would say we're going for, like, even over the age of, like, 13. Okay. I think our coffee could definitely make sense. Oh, oh we're stunting growth now. I love it. <laughs> hope it so. Hope it so. Just making parents angry all across the world. All across the world. So, uh, Death Wish Coffee, tell us about it. What is Death Wish Coffee? Why is Death Wish Coffee better than everything? And trust me, guys, it is. Again, Really quick, last podcast I mentioned that he was coming on, and normally we have people on and we have to like pump their tires, but I actually mean it this time. Uh, I drink a nice death wish every single day, so this is legit. Tell you drink a death nice wish. death wish as you should every yes. day. There is no such thing as a nice death wish. Death wish. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so death wish coffee was founded in 2012 in the basement of Saratoga, Saratoga Coffee Traders here in Saratoga. Yep. Um, it was founded by a guy named Mike Brown, who is actually first off. Every single business that is worth their salt is created in a basement. Like, I mean, yeah, I feel okay. like Hell you're yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if, if, if you didn't start your business in a basement, then you should probably just give up. Okay, or, that's or, or garage. I, yeah. <laughs> or garage. That's fair. That's what, fair. What, what about a loft in your mom's house? Uh, that uh, suitable. Yeah, 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 ye
Yeah, so uh, so Mike created uh, Deathwish Coffee. Uh, he he decided to. He kept hearing a lot of what his customers were saying as they were coming into into SCT, and they were just like, you know, what's the strongest cup of coffee you got for me, Mike? What's the strongest cup of coffee? And so he realized that outside of just kind of pairing what you know what he had on uh, on the deck, he just was like, you know, like there is nothing that's really claiming to be the strongest coffee in the world. So he did a lot of research and then created a found a couple of robusto beans from different parts of the world and then created this amazing this amazing roasting uh, i don't think it's proprietary but actually i'm going to say it is proprietary uh design on um putting these two beans together and then produce Deathwish coffee uh Deathwish coffee let's see he when he put it out um i believe is al roker from good morning america uh, I think Al Roker had a friend of a friend that like tried it while they were in Saratoga. Really? And yeah, so he had a cup while they were uh, getting ready for Good Morning America one morning. He was drinking the cup and he was like, "Whoa, this is ridiculous coffee!" And his buddy was like, "Yeah, it's a Deathwish coffee in Saratoga." So they call up Mike. Um, and they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, this is Al Roker. I don't think it was Al Roker specifically, yeah, but, but still, it, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we uh, uh, like his. We'll just say for story purposes, it was Al Roker. So Al yeah. Roker gives him a call and he says, "Hey, man, he's like, this is amazing coffee. You know, we'd love to come. You know." interview you and see what that's all about you know um you know if you're interested we'd love to come do that and mike was like yeah sure that'd be cool and so mike was thinking like oh in a couple of days like yeah so when you think and he's like oh i'll be there in a few hours and again like death was coffee <laughs> a few hours <laughs> yeah it was being you know roasted in the basement of sct so he was just like oh shit i gotta clean the whole you know the oh, whole area. Oh, so that definitely man. like catapulted everything and then um obviously we won the super bowl commercial in 2016 so yeah. that was a into it small uh into it quickbooks small business competition that was all just based on on likes and I think 2015 was a good year for organic reach on Facebook so it just seemed to work out really well we won the Super Bowl commercial and got a 30 second spot and uh I think the rest is history at this point I remember watching that being like no fucking way like that yeah. is so cool like I can't even imagine did, did the site shut down like what was the traffic like after it's again like I, I do have the analytics side of things too like yeah. that's like the, where I nerd out and it, like when you look at the GA the Google analytic report and you're just like you know you see 2015 and then you see the Super Bowl, you should, <laughs> like, I mean, if we're talking like, you know, hundreds of thousands to millions of page views, like, you yeah. know, over the course of like two to three days, it's, yeah. it's nuts. It's nuts. And so I think that that certainly catapulted it. But, you know, as everything, I mean, you could look at uh, apparel brands now, you know, it's like, there's a lot of apparel brands that'll just go, boop, and then they disappear. Like, Deathwish Coffee did not do that. You know, I think we, we've done a really good job of maintaining that consistent voice and personalization across everything. You know, we work in a really competitive space so i think it's it you know the super bowl commercials certainly did help but i'd be far from the person to say that that's like that's what made us you know i think like yeah. our customers made us like our intentions made us so if anything i feel like that's kind of when you're like oh shit we got to get to work now because you have that spike and you're like people are looking at us like let's 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 get going lunch pail and a hard hat like let's figure this shit out if, yeah i gotta clean up the basement before <laughs> yeah. Here. yeah exactly it's exactly just the, the digital version of it but yeah you're exactly right uh, Dale, you want to talk about the fans in the community a little bit? That's what you were telling me. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about our listeners. You know, we're all hockey players. We've got a lot of hockey dads that wake up in the morning, drive their kids to 6 a.m. practice type of stuff. who doesn't want to do that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you just speak to uh, the dedication of the Death Wish community. Mm. Oh, sorry about that. Um, Very good. Seltzer gang. Uh, out of the community standpoint, I mean, our so our Facebook community has got. I think we're at eight thousand people right now, and it's 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 crazy that it's only eight thousand because there's so many brand loyalists and voice and community members who are just who are loving each other and bickering with each other and showing off like how caffeinated they are to work. Like you know, I'm sorry, getting ready to start work every day and and living their life with it. So it's it's 
it's hard to exist as a Death Wish employee and as a part of Death Wish and, and not always make a decision or consider like what the community is saying and what they're all doing. I think, you know, it, we every time we think of doing something, we or if we do, I'm sorry, like if we, if we were to launch a new mug, for instance, we're immediately, you know, we look at our sales revenue as like the third thing. The first thing that we do is we look at you like what's the community have to say like what do, what do they think about it do they like the color do they not like the color if they don't like the color we're broken hearted but we also like have to believe in it mm-hmm. but we also want to like make sure that we're doing something that represents us but also something that they are like proud to rep you yeah, know okay. i think we we take that into serious consideration um i mean that's refreshing too right because i feel like a lot of businesses the only thing that people worry about really is money where you guys are like okay let's see let's see what people actually think about this these like these are the people that are gonna be drinking our yeah. stuff do they like this how are we gonna make changes like i think that's pretty cool whereas i think a lot of people would be like all right the dollar bills there are they are all right, cool or if they're not i think that's cool that you guys like actually look at what's going on there we try you know we certainly don't make the right decision every time and we yeah. have to do we have to make a decision that's you know best for the company in order for us to do all the things that we want to do as a company and and also you know we you know our community is only 8000 so like what we want to do for the company is get 50000 people there and again it's it's very much so not for the revenue it's 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 a lot because we want everybody to drink it and everybody to talk about it and everybody to do that thing and like you know what we want to fuel people's passion and fuel that, you know, like we have a, the model of fuel by death, you know, so it's like, you know, what fuels our, our customers and, and what fuels people to to get up in the morning to, to take kids to hockey practice or what fuels people to go to a, that nine to five that sucks or that, that 11 to, to what would that be, 11 to seven, that, that's yeah. really hard to do. You graveyard know? So, shifts. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, we have customers, everybody. Oh, that place, graveyard, death wish, boom. Yeah. You're welcome. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> Where do I sign the check? Yeah, I love that. And, and I mean... Dale, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, you have all these hockey dads that are waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, just so tired. They wake up, their kids yeah. are just talking nonstop. You're in the, the car on the way to the rink. All you want to do is just be like, shut up. I think a death wish should go a long way there. You're going to get you're gonna get wired. You're going to get ready to go. I think this is a coffee if you guys haven't tried this yet. That, I, I would at least just go out and at least try it because you're going to try it and you're going to be sold. I was telling you before this podcast started, you know, I, I would go to Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, I'd get some coffee, whatever, and then I, the moment I had a death wish, I just couldn't go back because it's just, a lot of it's a taste, too. Like, when you do Dunkin', Starbucks, it's all sugar, and, like, I, at the time, it's cool, but when you go to death wish, you're kind of, you're drinking that manly stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're drinking that stuff, this is going to get me wired, I'm battling through this, and afterwards, you're going to be awake until, like, whenever you want to go back. Till the next day. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. One of my, uh, so, so I saw Will speak at a conference um, and one of my favorite things you said when you were talking about branding and you know your customer demographics, you said your brand is like someone who looks like Jim Gaffigan. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we have a, a weekly newsletter called the Scoop, and one of the one of the content blocks that we included in there was uh, Jim Gaffigan, and he's how he talked about how decaf is un-American, and so <laughs> you know we we again we value you know the personification of our brand, and so I think you know when you think of Death Wish, you know we don't like. Uh, obviously, you know, thinking of thinking of the logo and the brand makes sense because that way it kind of allows you to, you know, figure out like who we are and what we are. But at the same time, we're really intentional on when people think of Death Wish, we also think of like, because of the personification that you think of like, like, you know who that person is, like, you know what that person looked like. And in that reference, I was like, like Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, and so it's like at the same time, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what age, ethnicity or what, um, 
political affiliation you have, like, like you can still think of Death Wish and immediately, like, you can, like, assume, like, you know what that person looks like. You know what Death Wish looks like because we try to, like, embody and personify our brand so much. So I think um, Jim Gaffigan, again, you know, yeah, we think that, you know, decaf is an American. And we actually <laughs> just uh, posted uh, something on Twitter uh, last week. Um, saying like good morning to everybody except for tea drinkers and uh, the movie the movie the gentleman that just came out yeah, like, yeah. tweeted at us saying that only gentlemen drink tea and so like it became this like whole long out conversation with this you know this this production company for a movie about how like because we offended people that drink tea and it's just like you know like yeah bitch whatever <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's awesome though to have like that kind of, that kind of conversation as well as you know. Um, to have like different of opinion but also again like people you know you can talk shit about us because like you know what we look like yeah. you know what I mean absolutely so Dale and I every week we kind of go over like who who should we contact who should we get on the podcast and like I'm not going to name a coffee company but there was a coffee company that had like a hockey thing I'm like why don't we contact these guys and Dale's like, what are you talking about? And he sends me a picture of the Death Wish hockey uh, jersey. I'm yeah, like, yeah. no way. had no idea. Like, yeah. yes, absolutely contact him. So I think you kind con- and you, we got a response, like, pretty quickly. Yeah. It wasn't, like, didn't take long. So we were pumped that you that you wanted to come on. But also we were pumped that you're a hockey fan. So how did that happen? How, uh, well, so I grew up here, up here in upstate New York. Um, my grandfather is a huge Canadian Montreal fan, uh, Montreal Canadiens fan. Um, and so grew up loving them as a kid. And then they just kind of followed me through living out life. And then I think around when I was like, uh, like a sophomore in high school, kind of faded out hockey a little bit. Like I said, I played, um, roller hockey growing up as a kid, but when I was in Nevada, um, that's when, oh no, I'm sorry, back before then. So like fifth grade is when the Quebec Nordiques became Colorado Avalanche. And I, right on Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Sanis Ozelinch, Patrick motherfucking Wah. (laughs) 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 I know, man, I feel like I'm so out of touch now. Um, so yeah, so love them. I, you know, hated Detroit for that, that entire, like, actually I've always not liked Detroit. I think like Chelios I've enjoyed, but everybody else I've not, I've never been a fan of. This is good. Um, getting a little abs going after, right after we had, uh, uh Detroit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's rough talking about, uh, Avalanche right now too, especially because they're kill- like, I thought at the end of last season, I thought they definitely were primed to potentially win the cup this year just mm-hmm. because of how good they are. But, um, yeah, so then around 2005, 2006, I think I was didn't really like have a specific team. I was kind of floating around. I also like just kind of stopped paying attention so much to hockey. So I was high school playing paintball, doing whatever. And uh, then the Sharks played Pittsburgh, and I remember going for Pittsburgh, and the Sharks won. I can't remember what the game was. They won like five one or something like that. This is when I think Pittsburgh was like on again, off again. Like or they got beat by Detroit a year or two for the cup, and. Um, and I was like, oh, you know what? I think I'm, I'm going to start like liking the Sharks now. And, like, yeah. and again, like just became that that moment. And then uh, I've been a Sharks, like a diehard Sharks fan since 2006. Since like, I think Pavelski was drafted. Yeah. I think it was probably about when I became a fan. So I think like in terms of like being a hockey fan, at least for me, like I like the Rangers, I like the Yankees, I like the Knicks, and I like the Giants just because I'm from New York. But if, it, if I... Take that aside. You got to go buy jerseys, and the Sharks have a six out of jerseys. Yeah, they're like, pretty awesome. They're, they're on like they're arguably, I would say, top five jerseys in the league, especially like the older ones. Always been a Sharks guy when it comes to that. Dude, Great swag. They, yeah, they are. They, I think they've got especially like their stealth jerseys are pretty awesome. I have um, I saw the uh, the game where they play the Stadium Series against the Kings, and I got that Stadium Series jersey. Where it's like a three panels, like blue, white, black um, jersey. Wow, love it. Yeah. yeah. So, so you become a Sharks fan. Who were you immediately drawn to on the Sharks when, when you first started watching them? 
I have to say, I think it was Devin Setaguchi. So Seto must have Seto been Chuchu. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, Chichu too. I mean, I think the year I like them, or the year that I became a fan of the Sharks, I think is the year that Cheech got a 50-goal season. But I think, yeah, he got a 50-goal season and then immediately dropped off, I mm-hmm. think, like right after that. But Setaguchi, big time. Pavelski, Joe Thornton, obviously. Patrick Marlowe was incredible at that time. Danny Natty. Heatley? Danny, Danny Heatley, Heatley when he got... It took me a minute to get... I was actually really excited about the trade, but I, like whenever I think of Danny Heatley, I get really, really bitter because of the... I get why Doug Wilson made the trade, but trading Danny Heatley for Martin Havlett, which was a disaster of a situation, but yeah. again, made sense, I guess, at the time with Heatley's age and Havlett, but yeah, Heatley was great. Um, who else do we have? Oh, Rob Blake, Dan Boyle. Um, oh, Dan, Boyle. Uh, Dan Boyle was so good. I yeah. thought we were going to be devastated when he retired, and obviously that didn't work out. Or I mean, it worked out. So we we weren't. You know that we we I think we handled it pretty well. Picking up Burns was big. Um, not good idea to put him on uh, right wing. I think as McClellan did, and I think that was a big demise for him getting getting the boot. Uh, but yeah. Well, we'll definitely get into Burns in a little bit because that that guy. I mean, he's an enigma. You don't see. It. Pretty much any player in the NHL that can play both forward and defense. I think him and Bufflin would be like the two people that that played both positions. I can at least remember that we're like good at both of them. So I have a, a friend back in Nevada. He owns a, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal um, restaurant owner and chef. His name is Tony Fish, and he owns a, a restaurant called Chef. Sa- the last name Fish? <laughs> no, no, his name is Tony Fish. He is a chef and the owner. Okay. Uh, he owns a, a restaurant called Sassafras, and he is first cousins with Duff and, Dustin Bufflin. Oh no way! And huge, yeah, from Minnesota, a huge, huge like hockey fan. We're always like, come on, Tony, when are you gonna get Dustin over here? He was <laughs> like, that's not gonna happen. But yeah, I have mad respect for Dustin Bufflin, but if he was ever playing against the Sharks, fuck Dustin Bufflin. <laughs> like, it's the guy you never want to play against. No. You never want to play against him. Oh my god, I, we were, before the podcast started, we were talking about, like, uh, jumping out of planes, riding bulls, like, I think I'd rather do both of those than go in a corner with Dustin Bufflin. He, he would break me in half, <laughs> like, absolutely not. Guy was a monster. Such a good player for his size. Yeah. Like, I mean, just a guy who hits, like, a bowling ball, but could score, like... Patrick Marlowe. I mean, I mean, yeah, he's probably Patrick Marlowe. I mean, the guy's just got yeah. a ridiculous offense, but he's a bowling ball. There's a lot of stuff going on with him this year, not playing ankle stuff. But, like, in the years past, it was always the best because, like, when training camp would come around, everybody come in, like, sick shape. Like, everybody ate so well during the summer. People are ready for the new year. And Dusty Buffs would come in at, like, 350. Didn't work out once during the summer. And somehow, some way, he would still be as good as as he was when he was in playing shape, which I guess is still like 280 pounds. It's like the, <laughs> the Giants, the Giants' uh, first baseman. Who the hell? You know what I'm talking about? Um, the, Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, yeah, Sandoval. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, man. You're like, but Dustin Bufflin is like. I mean, obviously, I, I feel like Dustin Bufflin would kick my ass for making that reference. But at the same time, like you know, it's just like, yeah, you're totally right. It's like the guy just comes in like seemingly out of shape, but he's a ridiculously talented player. I mean. Yeah, unbelievable. But let, let's get back into the Sharks right now. Um, this year hasn't really been that great. You're 26 overall in the NHL. Uh, I mean, the Ducks are trailing you and the Kings. Uh, you're on last in the Pacific. Yep, 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 yep. How do you feel about the squad, man? You can't be feeling that good currently. And the reason why I say that is because I look at the roster, and your roster is comprised of a lot of, like, 27 to 30-year-old players who should be, arguably be in their prime, right? Yeah. And in years past, you guys made the playoffs. You guys have had these unreal runs. Just this year, it's not working out. So how do you feel about it? Like, as a Sharks fan, seeing you guys in the playoffs all these years, now you're out. And, like, I just had this with the Rangers. It was devastating. So, like, I mean, how are you feeling? Yeah. I feel like that sums it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I think... I mean, today's the first day after the All-Star break for us. So, I mean, we've got to pull, I think it's like 1.6 points out of every, 
I think we have to average 1.6 points out of every two, three games. Two games in order to get the second wild card, which is pretty much statistically it puts us out. I mean, like, we don't have that team right now for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. I think um, as a team, as a whole, I think losing Pavelski, you know, we we put all of our eggs into Carlson, and and I don't disagree with that. And I think Pavelski wanted to get paid, and he should have been paid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that Doug Wilson made the right call with Carlson, even though I'm a little bitter about losing Pavelski, I'm also more bitter that we've never won a cup. Mm-hmm. So I think with the team as a whole, I think we've got it's. I don't know any team that's ever existed that's had the the playing level of Brent Burns and Eric Carlson on defense. Yeah, and I don't know what goalie minus Dominic Hasek that could play behind that. Like you know, and I'm not saying it's just that. I think that we. You know, Vegas has our number with Brent Burns. Everybody knows when the puck goes back to Burns, you just, like, they play us so well when you hit the point. Like, we lost control, and it was always odd man rushes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Vlasic took a huge, huge dive, like, for the past couple of years. Brendan Dillon, who I cannot stand, and I will talk crap about his mother from 100 yep. yards away. <laughs> um, I think he, he took a long, long time to get decent. I think I'm glad that he worked his way up to being traded the fuck out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think offensively, uh, Couture is a great leader, and I think he will have a better season when he gets away from the injury or when he gets back from the injury. I don't know why we picked up Marlowe other than needing the veteran aspect of things. But, again, we, did, we didn't really need that. Um you know, I think losing Donskoy made sense for cap purposes, but I mean, it goes to show what the right player in the right system yeah. will do. Um, you know, and and Deber, I think, just kind of, I don't know if Deber, you know, necessarily needed to go. I think like it just it made the most logical sense. You know, when the team is going through the second you know losing streak that we did, I think you know it kind of makes sense. You got to try to you know cauterize the bleeding. I don't think Deber might have been the right choice, but again, like we needed to change, and it's not like we can you know the amount of players that would need to be transitioned to replicate uh you know removing Deber is it's, it's unfeasible in and 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 to rub salt in the wound he goes to vegas when when we when we, <laughs> when we saw that or what i say we so so I have a, a couple of my my one of my best friends ben spence he's a is a teacher in in Carson. So him and his cousin Andrew, we have had a group chat going on for I think for four years straight. Yeah. There's, there's certain times like when I'm working, going like vice versa. I have to put "Do Not Disturb" because there's a game yeah. on. It's yeah. just like especially because again, yeah. they're West Coast. I have now. a Rangers crew on. on my yeah, so it's, yeah. Like, it's like it's like you know I'm East Coast man. Like I can't watch this Tuesday eleven o'clock game. You know? <laughs> and so uh, well, when, you could if you're drinking <laughs> Death Wish that night. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so uh, we um, you know when, when that trade happened, I we just like I think we just we, we couldn't even we didn't even know how to text each other it was just like this whole broken situation where i mean great call by vegas although i don't understand getting rid of gallant but weird weird move the second time he's been canned from a team like a team that really hasn't done mm-hmm. all that like bad and he's supposed to be this players coach everybody loves playing for him they vegas must have just had their guy like as soon as DeBoer became available they they automatically knew i don't think no matter how good vegas was doing at that time they saw that guy and they're like well, we got we gotta grab him yeah and it's like it's not like a I don't think they're getting any advantage playing against the Sharks this season because, I mean, we're yeah. clearly not going to be able to really probably beat them. And, again, I feel like a, a shitty Sharks fan is saying that. But, you know, they're not going to get too much insight. And whatever coach comes in to replace him, I think a Boner is the uh, – Boner? Bon- yeah, Bonet or whatever is. Oh, uh, Bob Boogner. Boogner, yeah, yep. there it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> Bob Boner. Make it Boner. Bob Boner. I love it. I will wear Bob Boner t-shirt if we get the playoffs this year all year. 
Um, I think uh, you know, th- there's there's no way that um, any any coach that comes in that replaces Dober, uh, it's going to likely be a significant play style change. So I don't mm-hmm. think that that Dober is going to really be able to give too much insight over us at least this season. By next season, it'll more than likely be irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I couldn't. I don't understand the full the full swap on Vegas' side again. But I think um, you know. You know, we won five four last yeah. time we played. Vegas. Oh, like man. the only game that matters to me, we won five four. The playoffs, yeah. Oh, I actually yeah, have five minute. Oh my! I have God. I have the shirt. I have the shirt where so it's got Vegas. I should have worn it. Damn. Uh, it's got the scoreboard. It's like NHL third period, um, game seven. It yeah. says VGK three, San Jose Sharks zero. And on the back oh. of it, it just shows the score, the final scoreboard of five four. Like I can't believe that got snubbed for the greatest the greatest game in the past decade. Too. I mean, I. <laughs> Playoff hockey is must watch no matter who it is, but when it's when it's Vegas and San Jose, you have to tune in. Like without a doubt, you have to. And I remember watching that game. I remember Vesely going down and bleeding. I'm like, ooh, that's probably not good. Two minutes, but he's bleeding. Maybe they think it's more. They hit him with a five, and I hate Cody Eakin. I can't mm. stand Cody Eakin. So I was actually kind of like, okay, I'm all right with this. Like yeah. let's roll. And then Logan Couture, put your team on the back. Yeah. Let's go, man. What yeah. a performance that was. Yep, LeBanc had a couple great or one great goal too. I think yep. he got the tying goal of the the game. Yeah, the, the four four three goal in that. And so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of conversation too about like whether it should have been a five minute, whether it should. I think it's all good conversation. Did the rest maybe make a bad call? I, I'll say as a Sharks fan, we might have made that the wrong call might have been made. But, but how do you not make that call? Exactly. That's how the do you thing. Not, it, it's again like how many pass? And this is I hate that I'm using this, but like how many pass interference or non-pass interference calls exactly. have been made in the NHL? Like the the referees are making a call based upon yeah. what's going on, and at the same time, they're not at all thinking they're making a five minute game misconduct call with ten minutes left in the game when your team is when one team is up three nothing in game seven. It doesn't matter. They could have they in any other game in the NHL, they could have called two game misconducts on the same team, and no nothing team would have happened. No team. We might have gotten a goal or two, maybe. When did like, you When did you know that? It's happening. After the first goal, I'm like, okay, that was kind of quick. And then when they had the second one, I'm like, oh. <laughs> the two goal leads the hardest lead in hockey. And yep, it was out of nowhere. And I remember watching that being like, ooh, Vegas is fucked right now. This is not good. So I have to tell you something very honestly right now. So I was watching this game up until 20 to 25 seconds before the Pavelski injury. No. And as a Sharks fan, I have to admit, I went to bed. No way. <laughs> yeah, but okay, so that sucks. That sucks. But when you woke up, though. Well, I, I woke up and got, I was, so I was getting the updates on my phone, uh, obviously for my friends too bad. Yeah. I was just like, I'm like, what the ping, fuck? I'm like, ping, I'm like, like, what's going on? Like, yeah. nobody was like, everybody was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And I'm like, you can't believe, like, I'm thinking, what? Whoa. I woke up and I, I don't know. I obviously couldn't describe it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I was like, I was there, but I wasn't there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Am I a shitty fan? I'm not a shitty fan. <laughs> I'm a shitty fan. So I remember marching into work the next day, and I was just like, everybody, I'm telling you something that none of you will give a shit about, and I'll tell you anyway. Uh, but no, I was broken hearted about not watching the game and finishing it, but I did not finish the game. I did check out too soon. Yeah, but when you found out, though, that feeling... It was, oh, it was incredible. Next it level. was incredible. It's like, it still gives me goosebumps just even thinking about the whole... Yeah. I mean, the, the comeback is incredible. It's and, absolutely incredible. And then you have, like, the rivalry going on with Evander Kane and Ryan Reeves. So you, you have you have the Dowdy, Kachuk, Kachuk, Cassian, and then Kane, Reeves. And... To me, I would I would think the Kane Reeves one's probably the best one going right now. Cassian Kachuk, I mean Cassian just ragdolled Kachuk. Kachuk Dowdy, it's a whole lot of beacon back and forth. I mean a little bit of like facials after that too. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's just that's his style of play. But yeah, yeah. Kane and Reeves, these guys hate each other, really and it is awesome to watch. Like it, 
It, that's why you. That's why you turn on that game because something is going to happen. You never have to worry about something not happening when those two teams play. The, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think even when when uh, when Vegas became an expansion team, I remember telling my friends, I was just like, "Well, there's you know six easy wins at the end of the season." I genuinely thought that Vegas would be six easy wins. Like, oh, yeah. even knowing the way the expansion kind of like I understood like Nobody they're going to get drafted, but I also didn't think that Flurry was going to do like. I mean, again, I look at Martin Jones does just progressively better every year. Every mm-hmm. year we lose a cup, had a great season, and then just nosedives. You see, like, Flurry, who's just like, how do you how is, how does somebody get better mm-hmm. uh, on an expansion team? Yeah. He's just, I mean, incredible. So You made a great point, too, because Flurry he carried the Penguins for years, and then right towards the end he started kind of flickering back and forth, and that's mm-hmm. when they brought in Murray. And that, that I think at that point they're like, okay, well, Murray won us the cup. Flurry's kind of expendable, and you're right. I think a lot of people had Flurry like, okay, he's he's kind of washed up now, and boy, he's not. He, no, not he's at incredible. all. Not not incredible. even a little bit. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's I'm blown away by how good that guy is, and I mean, and again, I think I think our playing style, especially with you know new defense, when you got Burns and, and Carlson, mm-hmm. and then you've got like Vegas just had our number. Like I mean, they know how to play us really, really, really well, mm-hmm. and so you know, getting back to the rivalry component to it, I mean, like. Who doesn't love? I mean, I know a lot of teams that don't like Evander Kane. You know, yeah. but it's like Evander Kane. Like as a Sharks fan, like he's a great team player. Like sometimes you see him just like, dude, just just calm yeah. it down a little bit because we need him on the ice. Yeah. You know, but he's I, a hell I mean, of a player. But right? but nothing makes my day better than when you see Evander Kane. You know, bitching at Gallant about giving Reeves. You know, some more ice time. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, come on, man. It's like Evander Kane's out there. You know, playing. 15 to 18 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Like, he just got a hat trick, like, I think, like, uh, right before the All-Star break. You know, it's like... He's a great the, player. I, I love, like, when he... He actually, he got illegally checked by um, uh, Chara, and then he stood up, oh, like, yeah, yeah, pissed yeah. off and mm-hmm. threw down with Chara. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, how many dudes are you going to see after getting, like, boarded <laughs> by a 7-foot, 50,000-foot-tall yeah. player yeah. get up and then throw try to throw him down? Not I mean, this like, guy. Not no, this but guy. also <laughs> have the ability to score multiple hat tricks in a season. Yeah. You know, it's like that's not that's a, he's, a, he's a rare fight. He he was a guy who just needed a change of scenery. He was with the Thrashers and the Thrashers moved to Winnipeg. I think there was some beef between him and Buffalo, and then I think he ended up going to Buffalo. Who wants to play in Buffalo? And mm-hmm. then Maybe goes to San Jose. He got that. He got that change, and then yeah. he was surrounded by a, a group of players, not just one or two players who were pretty good. Because in Buffalo, like, he may have had Eichel, and then in Winnipeg before they really started getting good with mm-hmm. Line a and all those guys. He surrounded himself by a guy like Jumbo Joe, uh, Logan Couture, Marlowe, Pavelski. Like, it's not just one player. You have a group mm-hmm. of and, and leaders, like older type players that yeah. are going to help right his ship to kind of because he's been in the news. You know what I mean? And yeah. he's kind of, but I think he's he's grown up, he's matured, and, and I, if I was a Sharks fan, I'd love him. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's a hell of a player, man. You're not going to find any Sharks fan. He does it all, right? Like, he, really he, he scores goals, he hits, he's, you never mm-hmm. have to worry about him not showing up, like, mm-hmm. and he cares. And that, to me, as a fan, that's all that would matter. Yeah, absolutely right. I think like he shows the emotion that some of the players on the Sharks team like don't. You know, I think mm-hmm. uh, when Marlowe was the captain, that was part of the issue. Was like the emotion aspect. That's part of the issue with Jones. I think like yeah. you know, as fan, like you're like, where's the emotion? You kind of see him a little. He, I think Jones kind of replicates like you know Eli Manning. It's like, oh man, you know, yeah, like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, we need somebody like we. I, you know, I don't know if like Patrick Waugh's emotion would be would make <laughs> sense. You know, but. But Jones does a good job in that. Or, like, Jones, you know, I think he's a little too far left in that. Plus, I mean, obviously, wrong side of the contract. But, um, yeah, I mean, Kane is if, – if Kane could just, like, you know, simmer down some of the emotion. Like, you want to be able to see him, like, have those rivalries with Reeves. 
but also Keep not check. Yeah, not 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 have that be the the main point. And I mean, obviously, he knows. Like that's not the main point of his play. Yeah. But I mean, like he's very easily like pulled into it. Yep. And other teams are aware of that also. Yeah. You uh, you briefly just mentioned the captaincy not that long ago. So to me, the one glaring issue, well, the two glaring issues with the San Jose Sharks to me, and it's always been this goaltending. I mean, you said Nabokov, but since Nabokov, I don't really know who I would consider, like, oh, I wish he was on my team as a goalie. Yeah. And the captaincy, you're just kind of throwing a hat around in the ring. I mean, Marlowe was a captain, right? At yeah, one point, Marlowe Pavelski, Jumbo Marlo, Joe. Thornton, pa- Marlo Thornton, Pavelski, Couture. Yeah, and normally when captaincy is changed, that's when somebody leaves the team, but nobody ever left the team. It kind of just went from one hat to the other. To me, mm-hmm. that would be concerning. Are, are you happy that Logan Couture is now the next captain? Do you think that this is the right choice? Absolutely. I think it... I think it's a valid question. question to ask yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I think, I think, I, I totally agree. I think if you were to look at the, like, the series between Vegas and San Jose, mm-hmm. and then anybody who, and like, and say, like, okay, that guy right there, Logan Couture, he's played, I think, at that point, like, like, this is his sixth season with, with the Sharks up until this year. Like, would you make him put a C on him and like you know swap out the A for a C? I think everybody would say like without context. I think you would say yes. Mm-hmm. And I think we made the right choice. I think he's really good at calling out some of our younger players like Marlo LeBanc or I'm sorry Marlo um, Meyer and LeBanc. Mm-hmm. I wish Marlo was younger. <laughs> um, you know Meyer and LeBanc. He's really good at that. I think you know he's just he had a really weird season, which I know is I think we kind of have that trend too where. Pavelski did good, you know, the third, fourth, like the last year he had a great season, but I think every captain that starts off, like with the Sharks, they seem to not, we don't have that like Crosby effect. We're like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm the captain, I'm going to put up 40 goals, right. and, you know, 55 assists or mm-hmm. something like that. So Couture has not had that season, but it's also not, I think it's a lot of other issues, but I think he's the right player moving forward. Oh, he's a hell of a player. Yeah. 200 foot center. He yeah. plays all situations. Clutch, obviously, from yep. the playoff series last year. I think mm-hmm. out of and he's younger too, right? Like you had like these older captains. Yeah. This is a guy that can be your captain for a while if you I, really need. I to hope be. so. Yeah, I genuinely hope so. I think. Yeah, I, I I absolutely hope so. I mean, yeah, I have no no desire to get rid of him. And if Doug Wilson ever gets rid of him, then well, I'll file my complaint somewhere. <laughs> I'll file my complaint in the fandom world. Um, so we talked about how you guys are a little bit older, but you guys do have some younger players that are pretty good. You have Timo Meyer. Stud. stud, Kevin LeBanc, stud, and one of my favorite players in the league, Tomas Hurdle. Like the only reason I really know about him is he single-handedly ended Marty Baron's career. I think he had three or four goals against cool. the Rangers. One was between the legs, and I think the next day Marty Baron said, "Hey, listen, guys, I'm all set. I'm not playing hockey anymore." This guy's unbelievable. Same and the first year he had a really good year. I think the second year he kind of had a sophomore slump type Took year. A knee injury as well, and yep. then. I mean, this guy in the playoffs, too. He gets the puck, and it's like, holy shit. He reminds me a lot of Kuznetsov on the Capitals. They kind of play a similar game where he gets a puck. He can skate the puck all the way up. He's a playmaker. He can Mm -hmm. score goals. I love Tomas Hurdle. He's evolved, I think, into a really solid – like, he used to be very – yeah, like like, kind of like Nyquist, like uh, Donskoy, like, you know, very – Speed, power, or not, not so much of a power forward, but like a playmaker and dangler, like scoring goals, like just very, you know – much of, uh, sorry, like a Datsuk almost. Yeah, like, yeah. Very, very, very agile on his skates. And then I think, like, with Ryan Klo, who retired, like, probably my all-time favorite Love shot. Ryan Klo. Like, I think... He was a Ranger it, for a brief stint. That's right, he was. Sure. And yeah, then yeah. I think he was, the, he was the coach of the Newfoundland Growlers last year for half the year. I think he had something go on, but the East Coast team that just was a new team last year. No kidding. Yep. And then he was not. there for about half a year, and then... Uh, 
something ended up happening. I don't know if it was like substance abuse or like concussions, something I, where he just wasn't. I know he's had some you know concussion I mean? issues, and I think I heard something about. And again, it's all conjecture, but Could, I, yes. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it was like an alcohol thing yeah. or something. But I'm pretty sure it had but to do with the. He was a fucking beauty, dude. The, like, the guy, that the, guy, the was guy down low, shit. like like he was, he's like Lucci, so like like try to push him off, yeah. try to push him off the puck. I don't know, yep. like you couldn't do it. I think. Hurdle picked that up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Hurdle, I think, like, he got away from trying to dangle and take a lot of, like, you know, point shots and things, like, where he just, like, it's almost like Chloe coached him, but without, co- I know that they had a couple, like, a year or two overlap, yeah. but it's like, he just figured out how to get a little bit more weight on him. He's so good in front of the net. He's I'm so, so good glad that low. you say things He's, like this, dude. Because, like, the new <laughs> hockey fan, they don't really like the fighting. They don't really like the tough, the tough guys. They think that they're irrelevant, that they don't have skill. You need those guys around it's, these young kids because these young kids, yeah, they have all the skill in the world, but what's going to happen when you're, when you're lining up against Cassian? Or you're lining up against, like, a big defenseman who's going to try to abuse you and take a bit. Like, you need to learn from these guys, how to, one, how to defend yourself, one, how to just protect the puck, right? Yeah. Like, there's certain things that they can learn from these guys that all these other analytical new hockey fans that just, like, they hate everything about, you need these guys. That's why. And they're locker room guys, too. Like, these are the guys that, like, the boys rally around. Like, you're telling me you wouldn't want to hang out with Ryan fucking Clo? Like, sign me up for <laughs> Who was roommates with Ryan Clo for up until Ryan Clo, I believe, re- yeah, retired was uh, Logan Couture. Yeah, like those two were oh. were homies. Like, yeah. they were, and again, you're, you're absolutely right. It's like, I mean, you're not going to see Connor McDavid is never going to win the cup without a Ryan Clo. Yeah, you know, and they don't, they don't. Ha- I mean, they don't really have that Ryan Clo. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Ryan Clo is the key, but it's like, I mean. Lucic is a big, big reason why Boston does so or did but, so well, yeah. you know, for no, a period of time. You know, I think, um, you know, when you've got a player like Hurdle who can transform into this, like, significant fuck with me power forward, mm-hmm. like, that's, you know, like, that's that, that requires a lot of, like, good mentorship I mean, and coaching. last year, St. Louis Blues had a guy like Patty Maroon. Braden <laughs> Chen can even throw his weight around. Like, you need those types of players that, that especially in a seven-game series, man. If you're seven-game series against a talented team, you might get smoked a few times just because that they're so good. The moment that you start unleashing pain on them, they're not really going to want the puck anymore. If they do have the puck, they're going to get rid of it a second sooner than what they would mm-hmm. normally. You need those guys on your team. Perfect. Yeah, per- that's exactly what I was saying. Perfect example of that, too. It's like, there's, there's a reason why like Colorado never would have beaten St. Louis in the playoffs last year. Wait, and I and I don't think I think we were I think if we were healthy, had we gone a couple games less with Vegas, we probably would have had a better chance against them. Mm-hmm. I, like, and this is no slight against St. Louis, but like perfect example. It's like you know when you play like there's a, like there's a team set of like Colorado and there's a team set of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. St. Louis just got that that big body, big bruiser. They can score goals. They're consistent. They're tough as fuck. Mm-hmm. They're un- you and they still I mean? got a little bit of talent, too. Tarasenko, who's been out all year, I think he might end up coming back, but like last year, unbelievable Which, player. Brandon Shen, unbelievable player. Kevin Pratt. I, that's not his name. David Pratt. David I always call him Kevin Pratt because he's a Saratoga. I can't believe that guy I want to call. I can't stand that I hate I him so much. Oh, I know. I, know. I hate him. 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 I Act like you've been there before, pal. Like, yeah. I just, I can't stand Did it. Did you see, you saw the, the Justin Bieber, uh, oh, her, Bennington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you see the Twitter thing between um, Bieber and Bennington? Oh, he said he wanted to put a Sharks jersey on or something like that? Well, it the, just came out today, I think. So Bieber, Bieber called out Bennington and said, um, like, I'll score. like, oh, like a month or... Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, the whole Bieber face on Hurdle, which was hilarious. And I, I think Hurdle totally gave him that save to make fun of Bieber, obviously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He clearly oh, tell he wasn't trying. 
Um, but yeah, you know, that, that, that was amazing. I think, uh, and I'm a little bummed that Hurdle didn't get the MVP. I mean, he got five goals. Five goals, yeah. And Pasta five. had, I think he went two and four or something yeah, like that. I, I think it's the team. I was reading an article today that said that was because he, he was a replacement for a couture. It is, is okay. why, like, he wasn't a part of it. And I'm like, man, that's just Batman yeah, giving yeah, the yeah. Sharks another rub with the John Scott <laughs> bullshit. And I was like, whatever, dude. Whatever. But I think Pacific Division is now 3-0 and in that all-star format, yeah, right? I mean, or 3 out of 4. They're pretty good, dude. Like, yeah, they're, they're always loaded with talent. I know, but why are we winning the cut? Well, the Sharks, I feel like. But <laughs> the conversation different day. Yeah, so, so actually, Bennington put out a picture on Instagram saying, having you the time, and Justin Bieber said, I never wear a Sharks jersey. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, God. I mean, how do you how do you combat that? I mean, like, I feel like if we had, if we were in playoff contention, I feel like I have some choice for it right now. I'm like, all right, whatever. I it's you just you briefly mentioned John Scott, and we had a conversation before, like a pre podcast conversation. You mentioned a John Scott T shirt. You want to tell us that story? Real oh quick? hell yeah! So John Scott, uh, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners already know, um, was voted in uh, do on the back of Reddit, which I love Reddit for as a joke to get him into we're the big Reddit guys. God bless guess, it. Yeah. Uh, got him into the All Star Game. Uh, Two thousand was a sixteen, I think, the year that the Sharks went to the Cup. Is that wrong? Yeah, I think I think it was 2016, 2017. Uh, so yeah, so Bettman um, ended up working his whole issue because he didn't want Scott to be a part of the. He didn't want to be a joke. Yeah, yeah, he, exactly. He was like, he shouldn't be on the ice with these goal scorers. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And I think even even John Scott made a tweet saying like. Yo guys, stop voting for me! And yeah. then the internet was like, "Oh, so you mean vote more?" <laughs> um, so, yeah, so when he got voted in, he ended up getting traded to Montreal. Montreal put him in the AHL, and then so because he wasn't a part of the Pacific Division and he was an AHL player, uh, he was essentially uh, for a brief time removed from being. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was sent. He was sent to the wall like in Game of Thrones, like, which was his lights watch exactly. And, and his wife, I think, was uh, seven, eight months pregnant at the time too. So it was like she had, yeah. a, you know, like there was whole whole yeah, debacle. Yeah, yeah. But he had so many votes, he was actually voted as the captain of the Pacific Division. So he ended up making um i think 20 t-shirts with a company in san jose and it was it's just it's just funny picture of him just like skating just says thanks for always believing in me love the captain he made these shirts to give out to all the teammates of the pacific division who um who were part of that all-star game and so when he got traded he was like oh i guess i can't give the shirts away so he just put them up for sale on this uh website and uh, the guy who made the shirts, he was like, hey, so here's the shirts. If anybody wants them, blah, blah, I just happened to be on the internet at the right time, and no I got way. one. And it's it's my favorite shirt of all time. And so um, – got to tweet a picture. you got to put oh, that shirt on, tweet yeah. a picture of John I, Scott, and he would love that. Absolutely shirt. will. Absolutely. So it did so good up until I think we lost – We uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it right there. No right way. There. The captain, 2016. Thanks for Love always That's the captain. That's unreal. And so, um, yeah, so I got that shirt, and then um, – like the like one of the original ones, and um, so yeah, it, it had a. I think I had like a nine or ten and zero record, uh, and then I think the first time I wore it in the Sharks' loss was I think game one of the Cup when uh, when we got beat by Pittsburgh, and it has not won a game since. I've not won a game in that shirt since, and I'm not stereotypical or stereotypical. I'm not superstitious. Period. Like, really? like I I am not, but with hockey. It's like <laughs> I'm. It's, it's so yeah. I'm such a hypocrite in that matter too. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, love that shirt. Oh man, and it, this is kind of fun because I'm I'm always a Rangers guy, but I follow the league a lot, so I don't really get that much into the Western Conference. But like, I mean, I watch my fair share of games. Like, if I'm at night, if nothing's on, I'll turn on a game. Like I said, always watch the Sharks and, and uh, Vegas should. go at it. But I mean, who else in the Pacific Division? Who whose is it to lose this year? Like, who who do you see coming out of? The, I'll we'll say Western Conference. Who who do you got coming out of the Western Conference this year? There's some good teams, man. Winning it or 
I don't know. Just, just let's just spitball here. How, how are we feeling see. about these teams? Vancouver's a lot better than I thought Vancouver was going to be. They have a ton of young talent. Who's that, the ridiculous rookie they have? I can never remember. Elias Pettersson or Quinn Hughes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean they're unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I like. I mean, St. Louis is, earns it. I think they're good. I think you've got Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm a. I'm really thinking Colorado is going to do more than probably. I think they're going to skate by in the no pun intended. There, <laughs> you know, I think they're going to get into it probably in like the third. Third position overall in the West, and I think that they Great are. I, I, the talent. I think I think they definitely have the ability to get through. Um, I think if if Colorado were to pick up a guy like Chris Kreider, who's gonna who I pray gets dealt because if they keep him, they're so so stupid. Chris Kreider would do a lot for a team like the Avalanche. We talked about that big body presence; those guys are gonna be banging bodies. I don't really know if Colorado has that right now. You have Landeskog. I mean, he, as a captain, cool. McKinnon's electric. Uh, mm-hmm. Rantanen really good. Blake Como, I guess. But then on the back end, you have McCarr, uh, Gerard. You have, you have pretty good players there. I think they're just missing that one piece, and maybe that would be a piece that would help get them over the hump. That would make sense. I mean, I think, yeah, it's like when you think of – I when I think of Colorado, I think of like their – I think of their offense looks like how our defense would have looked if we still had, you know, Dan Boyle kind of yeah, thing. Like yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just so ridiculous, so fast. I yeah. mean, they played against us when we were healthy, like mm-hmm. really, really, really well uh, last year. And I think, I think they've only – Improved upon that. Um, I think where's what's Phoenix ranked right now? Uh they're they're up there. Dale, can you pull up the standings? They're actually doing pretty good. They just got moved to the Central Division coming up next uh, year that's right. with the relocation. I think also because Seattle's coming because Seattle's into the league. Coming. Um, but yeah, Dale will pull that up. But below below you guys, Anaheim. They're done. The Kings. Woof. Good. And good they're going to be there for a while with the contracts that they have going right now. So Dale's turning this bad boy around. The Western Conference. We got the Blues, the Abs, the Stars. Pacific? Hawks, Jets, and then Canucks. Canucks. Oh, they're okay. Wow, this is a four-way tie for second in the Pacific. Well, minus. Look at that Pacific division. That when is the last time you saw those teams in the top four? When did you see the bottom teams? Right, those bottom four teams are normally always at the top. In the Pacific division right now, we have the Canucks, the Oilers, Flames, Coyotes, Knights, Sharks, Ducks, and Kings. That's crazy to me. I don't see exactly backwards of what it. Yeah, yeah. I I don't see I don't see the Pacific. Playing in the cup this year, I don't think Canucks can do it. I think um, who's in the top in the Central? Maybe the Flames. I like the way that the Flames. I like the makeup of the Flames. Their goaltending always rattles my cage a little bit, but I like the like. I mean, the Blues. The Blues are doing this all without Tarasenko, which is insane. I, I think I the like Flames the last year. I think the Flames last year kind of sold me on the fact that like I mean they made some changes this year, but I don't see them. Like I think if yeah if there were a team on the Pacific, I could see could see the Flames, but I don't see them winning the cup. I think Blues, Avalanche, Stars. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's just got to be Blues or Avalanche. I mean, I could be proven wrong. Who knows? Maybe the Sharks go on a 25-game winning streak. You know, maybe yeah. maybe McDavid and Dreisaitl dominate in the playoffs again. Yeah, I mean, you never know with these types of things. Yeah, it's it's crazy, though. That, that point stack, though, is that the... That's insane. I mean, there's four teams. Four teams of 57 points right now. That's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely crazy. I think... Um, I, yeah, I think the Canucks might be too young. I don't think you can win a team with the Oilers the way they are. I think... I do think the Coyotes picking up Taylor Hall is a pretty good, you know, pretty oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I, well, when they picked him up, I was like, wow, that kind of makes it a lot more difficult for us to have a chance of getting mm-hmm. into a wild card at this point. Um, I always kind of push for the Coyotes. You know what I mean? Like, they're always kind of like like the guy in the, in the high school, like, hallways that get, like, wet willies and, like, thrown into lockers and stuff. But you're always kind of like, it's okay, Coyotes. Like, maybe one day we'll figure it out. Now you got Phil the Thrill there, Taylor Hall. Yeah. They have a pretty young team, a really good up-and-coming young team. Domi's still pretty young, isn't he? Oh, uh, Domi's on the Habs now. Oh, so, yeah, yep, yep, Okay, yep. okay. Um, 
I mean, I was, I was, I I'm good. Be a good team. We just picked up a writer who's a Caps fan, but he lives in Phoenix. Yep. So. And he said he was talking. He was talking to his boys about maybe getting somebody to start talking about or writing about the Coyotes, which would be cool. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think kind of Blues Avalanche. Maybe I could see the Oilers doing something. Depend. I mean, Cassian's unreal in the playoffs too. That's that big body that we kind of talked about too. So. Yeah. Who knows? He played in the uh, I think it was the OHL with uh, Hall, didn't he? Yeah, he played in the OHL with Hall. He, he was on. Yeah, I think he was on his line. He was on. He was on somebody's line. Yeah, that was I think that's real. Yeah, so it was because I remember because I was like, yeah, when Ka- I think you're right. It's like Hall and Cassie were on the same line, and it's just like scale it to the NHL, and it's yeah. like big difference. <laughs> you know, big big difference between like, and that not not no negging on uh, Cassie either. It's just like there's a, clearly a skill set for that type yes. of player versus different. Where Hall's worth you know seven eight million a year, and yeah. Cassie is not. But I mean, it's funny when you look at the junior stats too, because you have like all these like enforcers that like all they do is fight in the NHL. But if you look at their stats in junior, they're still putting up like 50, 60 points. Which yeah, is, like, it's they're not, still way better than you guys who yeah. think that they're bad. By the way, it's like you see like that offensive lineman, and it's like, dude, guess what? You still will lose on a forty yeah, against that which guy. Is insane. Could you imagine somebody like that? Like, jo- like again, we'll say John Scott breaking into your house. Like, you can't outrun him. Like, no. if he's in your house, it's yeah, over. No, it's yeah. over. And he's yeah. a giant dude. Break me in half. Have your way with me. Be yeah, brutal. you're ruined. You're um, ruined. I guess like one last thing I want to talk about. Uh, we're a big Joe Thorne podcast. Like we we mm-hmm. love Jumbo Joe. Uh, my co-host, he's not here. He lives in Maine. Hal Bruins fan loves Jumbo. We're, we really want this guy to win a cup. Like that would be ideal. I don't think it's going to happen with the Sharks. Uh, Boston Bruins writer came out today and said that there could be a potential for a Joe Thornton trade, kind of like a Ray Bork type situation. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about that? Who who were they talking about potentially being swapped out I for? didn't see anything along yeah. those lines. To, to my knowledge, it kind of seems like they wouldn't even really get that much in return. It'd be kind of like, hey, Joe, go do it. Mm-hmm. Which I think would be a badass move for a team to do something like I, that. I think, I think the Sharks as an organization and as a fan base would be okay with it. Yeah. Like, like for me, like uh, I, I saw an article, I think about a week ago speaking something to that. And I showed my buddies and I was like, I'm, I'm good with this. Like, yeah. because, because my decision is what matters, you know, yeah. as a fan, you know, so like, <laughs> you know, I, think, I uh, yeah, you know, I, I was really hoping the team was going to do it this year. And I think that just kind of shows like how down the team is. And it's unfortunate that they can't really pull it back. And I think, in the next week, we'll probably be able. I think we'll probably find out if that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think if the opportunity comes up where, you know, where the Sharks can trade him over to get a, you know, a loan or return or yeah. some kind of a conditional aspect for, for okay a draft, I'm I'm okay with yeah. it. I mean, holy shit! Like, I mean, I I know I'm biased, but like, if any player in the NHL deserves to have a chance of winning the cup. Damn it, Joe. Thornton. Yeah, just, I mean, uh, Jumbo Joe. He's been in the league forever, and people forget how. Just unbelievably disgusting he he has been. Just a playmaker, can score goals, just everything that you would want to fight anybody, which is one of the coolest things I like about him. He's such a slimy son of a like, yeah. like so you know, it's like it's like he's like the he's such a good, like, you know, like pleasant player, like yeah. in the sense of like how you see him, like the way he communicates with press and the fans and as a teammate. And it's just like it's it's always the videos that you find on on YouTube or Reddit or Facebook, and it's always like the some shit that happened behind the net. And it's just like Joe Gordon <laughs> yeah. over there, just like oh, just do it. Like, what do you, did you see when they punched the goalie from? Uh, or, oh sorry, yeah, when he hardly punched the yeah, goalie. Yeah, from, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But the, the Carolina so on yes yeah, on Reddit there was this hilarious. So uh, the the Hurricanes uh, um, practice facility. Did you see the outline? Oh yeah, the outline. Oh, yeah. Holy <laughs> shit, dude, that was so good. That was so good. So I mean, yeah, if he's got the opportunity to win a cup and of, of all. Teams, 
teams, Boston. I mean, I'm not a fan of Boston just because of the like the past few years the way it's gone down. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, fuck, dude, good for him. But that him was, like returning to like where he got that would be where he got poetic, drunk. right? Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Joe Thorne and, and if they if the Rangers Henrik Lundqvist won't leave, but if you were to ever leave and go for a cup, I'd I'd get behind it because it's it's one of those things. These guys have just served your team for so long. It sucks that they didn't get it done, but it'd be really cool to just watch them lift the cup. Like. Yeah, I agree. Henrik is. I mean, I, I would totally agree with that, except for the fact that you know, Tomas Hurdle made Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. You know, I mean, he. he I mean, Hank isn't what he used to be. Man. No, I mean, yeah. like he did this like seven years ago. When yeah. He, I mean, he got four goals. Yeah. So my girlfriend is also a diehard Rangers fan. Oh really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have we always have this bet. So when the Sharks and Rangers play each other, uh, when we used to have just one dog, if the Sharks won, then Frankie, our boxer, we put the Sharks jersey on. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was dog bar- show. Yeah, yeah. So I was bartending like I don't know, like I think it was the year the yeah the year that Hurdle put up four against uh, the Rangers, and. uh Watching the game at the bar, oh, caught man. some shit going on. Rangers end up winning. I think they beat they beat us. Like, and it's always lopsided with the Rangers and Sharks play. It's yeah. never like one never zero two one. It's yeah. like five. It's always an ass kicking one way or the other. Rangers won like I think it was uh, I think they won like six nothing or six one. It was it was a while ago. It was the same year that we won four one. And um, so I'm like, ah, oh, shit. You know, I'm getting texts from my <laughs> girlfriend. She's like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Getting the dog ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she's like working. All of a sudden, I see girlfriend and Frankie walk into the bar. Frankie's just because she didn't have her. Uh, she had her uh, New York jersey. She's got a Zoop jersey, and it was here. It's my guy. And uh, so she didn't have it uh, in Nevada yet. And so Frankie's he she walks into the bar. He's got this like red zip up hoodie with like a white piece of paper just taped to his back saying Rangers <laughs> Sharks. <laughs> just walking him around. He's like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah I just like that. Right yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, anyway. Fuck the Kings. Yeah. Fuck Vegas. Yeah. Go Sharks next year. Listen, I'll, I'll root for the Sharks. I I don't. I've always kind of liked the Sharks too. They're always kind of that electric team that you don't really think about because you're on the East Coast. But when they're on, you're like, okay, these guys, these guys can win a little bit. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know what's gonna take to win. I think I think we're definitely out this year, but hopefully next year we've got got a good flip. All right, man. Well, well hopefully next year. Hopefully before I die. Yep. Oh I'm man. If if I if I die before the Rangers win a Stanley Cup, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed off. I mean <laughs> I my luck, that's exactly what's going to happen. I think we're probably going to play each other one year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can see like, the slope and the incline that's going on. It's probably going to work out that I'm going to get a big-ass dog and put a Rangers jersey on him. <laughs> Just <laughs> a Ranger. Ranger. Yeah, right? <laughs> but, uh, well, thanks for coming on, man. Where, where can we find all your social media stuff? Death Wish? Is it at Death Wish? Is that at it? Death Wish Coffee. Yeah, um, you can find me all at Death Wish Coffee. I'm a loser, man. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not even. I don't. There's nothing wrong with LinkedIn. I have your cloud. Like I have, I have Instagram, and then like I update like once every every. Actually, I updated my name to two others because when Instagram did the change where it's like and tw- and thousands of others, like <laughs> posts, so I put like and two others. So it's like, <laughs> like like Steve and two others like your photo. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> that is funny. Are you on TikTok, dude? I want to be. We just I, got on the TikTok yeah, right. Dude, it's awesome. I think I think you know I think I think the way that like some you know middle-aged like normal millennials like me so i'm 32 so it's like i think i look at tiktok as like i think it's fucking awesome i think what it's yeah. it's so cool what it's gonna do for the the space and i think i don't know if tiktok is the right platform that i think it's gonna evolve into something else but yeah. i think you know a lot of people look at tiktok the way that people our age 15 years ago looked at facebook like oh it's just for kids it's just this thing and it's yeah. just like but that's like you know hundreds of millions of kids are using mm-hmm. it and they're it's it's clearly a viable tool like i mean i think and it's an awesome way that kids can express themselves and do cool shit you know? and, man. and it's just it's not 
it's not fucked with yet, which mm-hmm. I like. You know, you see, yeah. and I think when people try to fuck with it in the sense they try to like advertise their business or do their yeah, thing, it's just yeah, like yeah. it's easily moved past it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It just kind of makes it toxic. So I think it's it's cool. It's I'm cool. like ten years like too late. Like ten years ago, I'd be like doing like head. I'd be like lip syncing yeah. like fucking videos on girls' Facebook walls to get them to Way go out, and it's just like shit, dude. Ten fast forward ten years, I'd be I'd be on TikTok. I, I we're on there now. And I have fun with it. We're trying to get we're trying to get our cloud up a little bit. My favorite thing about it is what you said. Nobody knows, like my friends, people I know on Facebook. Nobody knows I have a TikTok. So no. that's yeah. my favorite part about it. That's the weird thing you lie about. It. You got TikTok, like fuck no, nah, nah, dude. dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you keep hearing like songs just like going through. <laughs> I, I knew I, I knew I fucked up because I uh, I'm the in game host for Adriatic Thunder, so I'm like I'm on the jumbotron and all this cool uh, stuff. So we have like these interns. They're younger. And they're all on TikTok and stuff. So I'm talking to the interns and like me and this one girl. I'm like, all right, we got to do this one dance that everybody's doing. So her and I are like in the back, like, where the Zamboni comes out, and, like, we're practicing, like, these dances, and it's before the game and the National Anthem's coming out, and there's, like, a group, it's a true story, there's, like, a group of, like, 15, like, 9, 10-year-olds, like, about to go on the thing. So me and this girl, were like, trying to do this dance, and this little 9-year-old chick looks at me, and she goes, oh, are you on TikTok, too? And I'm like, oh, shit! <laughs> oh, no! It's like, because my, our buddy Hal, who does a podcast, yeah. is always making fun of me, he's like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, you're almost 30, why are you on TikTok? I'm like, no, dude, everybody's doing it. And this 9-year-old girl's like, what's your TikTok, man? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't have a tic tac. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, thanks for popping on the pod. This was fun, man. I love talking hockey. We'll have oh, yeah. you. We'll have you back on. Dude. Absolutely, you better be awesome. But, you better be. Yeah, do you have be. anything else? Oh, I appreciate it. This has been fun. Yeah, after, I mean, we've had quite the night. So uh, thanks for riding the storm. Yeah, ride, ride that, ride that San Jose Shark wave. Follow uh, Death Wish Coffee everywhere you can. Check it out. You guys won't regret it. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks again, man. You could also you go to deathwishcoffee.com and use yeah. the code WILL15. So WILL15, it will give you 15% off your order. Ooh. Use it or don't. Or don't. Or but, don't. but you should but use it. I'm probably going to use it. All right, but uh, yeah, thanks, man. And we will we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Later. Let's begin now. You know, today, I just woke up, and I like said, this. no, instead of waiting on a good day, waiting around, through ups and downs, waiting on something to happen, I just said, That's right. And all these mornings look bad today. And all we wanna do is get by today. Hey, we're gonna have a good day. And ain't nobody gotta cry today. Cause ain't nobody gonna die today. Save that drama for another day. Hey, we're gonna have a good Red day. Line fresh, new cologne on. Feeling so good, change the colors to my phone. Orange Kool Aid, go good with Patron. Oh, no, hell no. We still my ringtone, free car wash. Had to clean up the Dodge. Get back when I can, just playing my part. Church folks had a fish fry, mustard, hot sauce, light bread, french fry. Love for the big guy. Hit the park, boys showing off the hot nappy roots on the radio. And you know what about last night? Hit the big three. Bought some Air Force Ones, four tall Man, I love the BG. Hey, we're gonna have a good day. And all my homies gonna ride today. Hey, we're gonna have a good day. And ain't nobody gonna die today. Hey, we're gonna have a good day.